Welcome to the most overrated, underappreciated, most viewed on the view podcast of all time. Welcome to the Prince of Fresh Air. This is your host, the most charismatic man in entertainment with a special guest. That's right. Good friends. We go way back. I'm going to introduce him for you. Uh, he is an actor, model, entrepreneur, born and raised in Southern Arizona. Working actor has been out there grinding, doing his business. Uh, has been acting since the age of 13 and moved to L.A. to pursue a career in entertainment. Uh, some of his big work includes working with Ben Affleck in the movie The Way Back, To Tell the Truth with Anthony Anderson, and Random Acts of Flyness, directed by Terrence Nance. He's also did commercials and worked with big companies like Snapchat, the NFL, and Planes. That's right. He's a busy man. Let's welcome Rome Mathis. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you? You know, just living an American broke dream, you know, can't complain. So, hey man, gotta grind till you get there. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, let's let's get into it, man. You know, as I said, you know, you've been doing it since you was thirteen. Around the time I started doing it, um, how has that journey been for you? Because I know you you pursued uh, an economics degree at University of Arizona. So, how did you come up with that that shift? Definitely. So, I think the way I started acting was really just seeing other people do it. Like I was in school and I went to a fine arts middle school and I saw like, you know, the theater kids, the drama kids doing it. And I was like, man, like that's, it looks awesome. Like it looks cool for them to, you know, do that. At first I just did it cause it looked cool. Like, you know, uh, they got like, you know, special attention. People thought they was the cool kids and things like that. So I was like, man, I want to do that. I can do that. So I ended up doing it, but I ended up falling in love with the craft, like actually acting, like performing ended up being, you know, something that it was just like, man, that's crazy. Like I actually love doing this. Um, but obviously like where I come from, you don't really think of that as something that could be a career path. So, you know, it's always the school, get a degree, get a job, you know, open a business, like just the regular thing. Like if you want to be successful. So like coming out of high school, like I was like, man, I would love to like my whole life. I thought, you know, I would love to do that, but it just seemed so far away. It didn't seem like something that was feasible. So I went to college. I got a degree in economics business, something that was, you know, just the straight and narrow path, like, you know, this is what you should be doing. And then from there, I graduated and it's like, okay, so I, I did that, but now you actually have to put this into effect and you got to work a job nine to five for the next 30, 40 years. Like that's your life. And I was like, nah, like, what did I want to do as a kid? And it was like, I always wanted to act. And it was like, it still didn't seem feasible, but I was going to try it and I've tried it. And it turns out, you know, it's not easy, but it's something that, is possible anything is possible Ray we did background together for succession succession oh yeah i forgot about that tv show um man what was that your was that your way of breaking into the business like getting an understanding and definitely so um i think i had my first acting job was actually like a principal role in arizona like a uh it's actually on um Amazon Prime so it but it's like a low budget show that I did but I had a principal role but it was just such a small set like I wanted to get experience on big sets started applying for background work the, it, the job was in New York you know you from New York right. um, I'm in Arizona I literally flew to Arizona to, to New York to do some background work because at the time I don't know no better like I, I see I booked this role I think I'm about to be a superstar I'm like yeah it's worth it like and I mean it was worth it I would do it all again the same way like I literally hopped on a plane, went to New York, landed, 
and like I land and the shoot isn't till like noon or one. So I'm just like walking around New York trying to kill time. It's cold. I'm in slides because I'm from Arizona. I just came from like 90 degree weather. Like people looking at me crazy. I got my duffel bag with all my options. Like it just, but I went and me, me and you met, like we just, you know, we hit it off. We were sitting there and was like, man, let's go get some food during the break. Like my first time ever seeing Crafty, which I don't think Crafty probably a thing no more because of COVID, but I was like, yo, this is the coolest shit ever. <laughs> like it, was just, uh, it was a good experience, you know, for my first time, like, being on like a you know that's a what uh, Succession is on HBO I think like you know it's a major show like to be there around you know big people like it was it was an amazing you know first experience and you know we got to meet and now we're both in LA so it's like you know serendipity or something divine timing whatever you want to call it right man yeah I, I remember that day because I remember we had that conversation because you was telling me about that and uh I was like, man, that's some dedication right there. And that's how you know somebody is going to go far. Because, like, to be honest, I don't know how many people would have did that, committed to that kind of, you know, life where you just get up and go to another place and try something new without any security. You know what I'm saying? And I think uh, that's one of the biggest things about the business is you never know when it's coming. You never know when your big break is coming. It could be tomorrow. It could be three years from now. Um but let me ask you, because this is a, a hard-hitting question. Um, I always talk about background in the sense that while I appreciate doing background, I feel like it's something that if you want to be an actor, do it a couple times, but get out of the background scene. That is not the place you want to be if you want to advance in your career. Do you think that's a fair assessment, or maybe I'm being a little harsh? Uh, no, I think I agree with you 100%. Like, it's definitely something you should do just to learn like it's you know it's a learning experience being there it's it's an opportunity for you to learn without you know the thing is people everyone think they can act and then you get on set and you got you know a whole monologue you got to hit you can freeze up like instead of you know just going out there your first time and and being a deer in headlights you can go and just observe and you know you know watch how the pros do it see how you should handle yourself so it's definitely something you should do if you're looking for experience um and you know you're not booking those major roles yet uh, but it's not something you want to stay in. Like once, you know, there's a point where you advance past that. Like, I mean, unless you need the money, because, uh, you know, some people do do it because they're trying to, you know, survive out here. Like, you know, that's your survival job. But if you don't need it to survive, there's really no point in doing background work. You don't want to get stuck doing that because, you know, there's no point if, you know, you're trying to really climb the ladder. Right, right. A hundred percent. I'm not even going to piggyback on that because that, that, that just speaks volumes. Um, Let me, let me. So. You know, throughout your journey, you know, as actors, we all have, you know, messed up stories. I know the first gig I did, it was Everybody Knows McGee. They changed the title. Uh, it's coming out this year. But that was the first project I did three years ago. I think I was a sophomore in college. And I remember I bombed hard because I know you said something about the monologue. I had a, a small scene. It was like maybe uh, seven lines. And I had a hard time doing that adjusting because you know we're both from theater i've been doing theater for almost 10 years now so to shift from theater to tv and film was absolutely disgusting and it was it was it was a hard thing to do do you have any um you know maybe funny moments that you had throughout your career where you kind of uh thought uh you know maybe your first gig on set where you know the pressure was was a lot different than you thought Definitely. Um, 
Man, I got so many stories. We can sit here and just have a, a whole podcast on just these <laughs> stories, but I'm, I'm going to knock out a few. Uh, the first one that comes to mind is literally that first job I was telling you I did in Arizona. So I actually went there and it was supposed to be background work. Like I got there and I was thinking like, oh, I'm going to do background work. And then they're like, oh, we forgot to cast this role. Give it to him. So all of a sudden I got lines and I'm like, I'm just a server. I'm like serving the main character. So I just have a couple lines, like, you know, bring them their food and stuff. But um, I don't know. I just wasn't expecting that. It's my first time on set. Like I was so nervous. Like even when I watched the show, like I said, it's on Amazon Prime. Like I look like a deer in headlights. Like, they edited it pretty well. So like it doesn't look that bad after, you know, they took, you know, the chunks from 10 takes. But I just remember doing it and, and I could see like myself, knowing myself, I'm like, I look scared. And I remember I'm serving them drinks and I spilled a drink on one of the main actors. Like, and you know, it was just, I was nervous. So that's one time, um, even when I was shooting the way back with Ben, um, me and Ben like had a, like a, a conversation. It didn't end up making the final cut, but he just like, what did we learn at our game last night? And I'm like, so like, I have a line where I'm like, and I'm like, I'm just supposed to say like, oh, we learned that we need to play tough defense. But like, I just kept like, I could not say it. I was like, like I was just it, one line and it was just like, my mind was just so jumbled. I was like, I can't get this line out. Like we had to shoot it like three, four times, like one simple line. So those are like two of the big ones. Like I got one third one I want to tell. When I first moved to LA, I was doing an audition. So I come into a room to do an audition. And they're like, oh, uh, we want you to sit. And I sit in the chair, but the chair doesn't have a back. So I go to like lean back and there's no back. I fall out of the chair in the <laughs> audition room. And my shoe goes flying, like almost hits the director. And I'm just like, there's no way I'm getting this role. And I didn't end up getting it, but like, they were just so surprised. They're like, this dude, like, so I've had some fails out here, some learning lessons. Man, that sounds like something that will create somebody's big break right there. Just doing something like, something hilarious like that. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure they probably made an impression on them. Uh, Definitely. They'll probably remember me for sure. I thought I was going to book it after that. Like, thinking back on it, they should have booked me. Like, oh, man, that's a, you know, he made a scene. It wasn't what we were expecting, but I will book something off it. But I didn't book that one. But, you know, hopefully they're keeping me in mind. They'll be like, oh, you the dude who busted his ass all in the <laughs> audition room. Hey, man, that's 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 what makes and breaks relations right there. I think that's uh, it's hilarious, but it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, you, you want to stuff like that people remember you for. So I'm sure if you showed up uh, in the casting offices, like, you know, for me, since I moved to LA, I'll go to the same casting office in Glendale most of the time for commercials. And at this point, they all know me. So uh, it, it helps. I, I mean, it's funny, but it, it helps. Um, now, you know, since we was talking about background and you was talking about, you know, the way back and, and some of your other uh, achievements, what is the biggest difference for you from background and doing a film with like Ben Affleck? Cause I know it was a big difference, but what is the, you know, big differences that you didn't realize until you was on set? Definitely. I mean, one thing is, and, and this is just, it, it doesn't really have to do with acting, but it's just, you know, part of the business It's it's the treatment. Like, you know, if when, when you're on a major set and you know, you're an important part of the set they're going to take care of you 
different than they would treat someone in background with everything, the food they're going to feed you, you know, what your hair and makeup, you know, where you get dressed, your trailer compared to not having trailers. There's so many differences between, you know, background and, and, you know, actually being a, a character. But um, the other thing is, I would just say preparation. Like when your background, like sometimes you're just there and, and you're a body, like it, it's not much thinking. It's like walk across when the camera's rolling or just stand there, cheer. Like, you know, there's so many little things. Like sometimes your back is to the camera. They just got the back of your head. Like it doesn't take much thought where, you know, if if you have lines, whether it's one line or a monologue, or you got three scenes to shoot that, shoot that day, 10 scenes, you got to prepare, you got to be ready. It's not just, you don't come in and, and learn your lines there. Like these are things you need to be working on, you know, after set, like you don't rap from set and go home and kick it. Like sometimes you got to get right back into your sides and start prepping for the next day. Like it just, it really comes down to preparation. Whew. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, that was one of the biggest things I noticed too. Like, um, I, I love doing background. I don't like talking bad about background because background is important. Like, you, you can't have a movie or two show without it. But For one sure. of the things you know, I was talking to Billy Magnuson from uh, Tell Me a Story, and I remember I was talking to John Voigt from I think it was um, Ray Donovan, and I remember having a conversation about you know acting and stuff. I remember they was telling me like, yeah, man, if you really want to do it, be out there, like. One thing, like I won't say everything, but basically they was like, "Yeah, you won't be an actor doing this, you know, being police officer number five hundred and forty. Like, even though it's good to make money and stuff, that's not going to advance your career. And yeah, preparation is key, man. I've, I've had, I've worked with people who don't know their line, show up late, and these, are, I mean, these aren't like hollywood blockbuster movies these are like feature films that have a good budget but i mean they're not you know a marvel studios production and people show up late don't know their lines messing up takes which i mean we all do but yeah man the preparation is very key is there, is there something any preparation technique well you don't have to give you know your actual technique but is there something that helps you get into character or when you're on a big motion set or commercial that kind of gets you going keeps you focused yeah for me it's repetition it's the reps like I literally the more I do it the more I feel comfortable I know when I'm prepared because like I'll go into either a set or an audition whatever it is if I feel nervous then I feel like I haven't prepared enough like when when I go in there and I'm prepared like I'm confident I'm like oh I know the lines like I'm gonna go in here and I'm gonna kill it and yeah like you said we all still messed up like but you know it's just that confidence for me that's when I know that it's like I really prepped like because there are times like you know I, I just being honest there's times where I haven't prepared myself due to you know whatever excuse I want to give I, I was feeling lazy or I thought I had the lines or whatever and I go in and I forget a line and I'm like man that comes down to preparation so for me like I will literally just keep doing it keep doing it even if it takes all day like you know this is what I want to do this is what I love so why not like yes it could be tedious but you know, to get the end result, like you have to go through that grind, that that grit and just really work at it. So for me, it's reps, like just over and over and over and over until it's damn near second nature. Like I could be driving in a car and just recite the whole thing or, you know, do the actions that they're asking me to. Like if I can do it and be doing something else at the same time, like think about it like song lyrics. 
Like when we're rapping, you memorize your song lyrics. Like you could be watching TV and then the song lyrics and then bust out in song. Like that's how I need to be with my lines. That's how I need to be with my actions. Like it, it just needs to be second nature. That's when you know you're prepared and you're really ready. Right, man. Yeah, absolutely. Preparation is definitely what separates the, 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 I don't like saying amateurs, but it does separate the amateurs from the professionals because yeah, preparation, you can't be walking up in auditions, wasting people's times and don't know your lines. Like that's the biggest no, no. Um, before we move on, is there, you know, if there's someone who wants to be an actor, you know, cause this, this podcast is all about providing positivity too. If, someone was listening to us and want to be an actor or was struggling to find uh, motivation or ground to, you know, pursue their career. Is there any advice you would give them, uh, especially throughout your journey that helped you? Definitely. Uh, like I said, is the first thing is reps, like get your reps. And, you know, if you're having a hard time getting your reps on your own, because, you know, sometimes that motivation by yourself is hard. Like, like anything, if you're practicing, you know, there's NBA players that some days they wake up, they don't want to go to practice. Like, they're like, ah, oh, it's a drag. Like, you know, you just want the final result. But um, if, if you're struggling, then find a team. Like, I know I have a really great friend. Shout out to him, Fernando Vega. He was on the way back with me. Like, when, when I'm not feeling it and, and I don't want to go over lines, like, he'll sit there with me and he'll read and be like, no, like, you're going to do this again. You're going to do this again. Like, like it's you know it's like having that coach pretty much like that's you know what coaches do when you're not feeling it or you're being lazy dragging like they're there to give you that boost like so you're just having a circle of people you know that'll motivate you so that's super important that's what I would say and not just him like I know my girlfriend is always down to read with me like anything like just your whole circle my dad even my dad like my dad is like a OG like <laughs> type dude but like he'll really get he'll like I'll be like yo you got to read for a girl character like as a kid, I'll never think he would do something like that. But like, just the love that he has for me, he wants to see me succeed. Like he'll read lines for me all day. And even him, he'll, he not, he don't know nothing about acting. He'll be like, bro, relax. Like he just, just what he can see, take your time. Like we're not rushing. Cause sometimes I want to rush through it. Cause uh-huh. I'm like, he probably don't want to do this, but he like, nah, bro, like this for you. Like, so really having a good team. And if you can't find that team, like if, if you don't have that in your inner circle, acting classes, cause that'll give you the team right there. You'll have a coach peers that you can meet you know and they'll really give you that push and you know but some people are self-motivated and they could do it on their own and if you can they'll just pay you some money and you know more power to you so there's not one method it's not one way fits all everybody has their own different paths but those are just some of the ways that I would you know give someone advice and tell them what to do because you know at the end of the day I want to see everybody make it I want to make it I want you to make it it's enough room for everybody to eat exactly man I I mean just speaking truths over there it's it's one of those things where I always and this is I'm gonna ask you about LA in a second because it's something I've always talked about but one of the things I noticed is that a lot of people say they're actors and don't work they don't go out go to classes they don't do student films they don't do background don't do anything and one of the advice I would give someone is get experience that is the most key thing you can ever take away from this is get experience because you're not going to walk around on a ben affleck movie and not have any experience under your belt they won't even look in your direction um background is great to get the experience of being on a bigger set but that's not the end all you have to go out and do those student films student films are really good i i've had a lot of fun on student films um student films, feature films, commercials, 
anything you can get your face in front of, that is key. You, experience is the only thing that's going to get you through this journey. And um, let, let me ask you, um, we was talking a little bit before uh, the camera started rolling, you know, quote unquote. I wanted to ask you, because I, I had my buddy Odysseus come on uh, when I first started this podcast. And I was asking him because he's half um, black and half um, white. And I know you're being half black and half Mexican. Has that been a, a struggle for you in your career? Because I know sometimes in this business, you get stereotyped and, you know, stuff like that. Has it been something that you've been able to use to your advantage or you feel like sometimes it, it holds you back from getting certain opportunities? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I feel like it holds me back uh, just a bit. I mean, it's not like as far as for me, like that representation, I don't really see myself on TV. Like I've never like watched a show or anything and been like, you know, that guy's like me. Like you, you see biracial people, but I just don't see them like me where I come from, like Arizona. Like, and I don't know if it's because I'm half Latino and it's Arizona, like, you know, when you see like Afro-Latinos, like I see like, you know, they're like black and Dominican or black and Puerto Rican. And, you know, I could, I could play a black and Puerto Rican role. Like, I, you know, so I still have those opportunities. So at the same time, there are still opportunities out there. But when I think of just people who are like me, there's not roles out there. So sometimes I'm like, man, where are those roles like that are, you know, that fit exactly me. But that's the thing about acting. Like it's not, you're not always playing yourself. So, you know, that that's fine, too. And and I'm going to do whatever. Um, I'm kind of rambling here. Let me try and that's figure cool. out like speak, what I'm trying to Speak your say. piece, man. Speak your piece. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I feel like right now is a good time to be Black in the industry. Everyone always says that, oh, like, you know, being African-American, like, you know, they're trying to diversify. And, and they are. And all of that is great. So I definitely appreciate that. Um, but yeah, you, you always wonder in the back of your head, like, oh, is it because, especially like when you go out for something and they cast someone else, like, oh, well, you know, they needed someone who was full black. I wasn't black enough or, you know, I wasn't, you know, I, I'm, you know, it's just, it's different things that go into it, but everyone faces those struggles. Like, you know, there's people that go out and it's like, I wasn't tall enough. I wasn't this, I wasn't that. So I don't try to make any excuses, like, you know, I don't want anything to hold me back. So do I feel that way? I'm sure everyone does at times, but the the thing is to fight through that and, you know, make a way. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah man. Diversity is very important. And the reason why I asked you is there's a lot of, it's been a big movement in the last, especially in the last two years with, with a lot of actors coming out talking about diversity, because one of the biggest things I always felt was problematic was the fact that every time, not every time, but a lot of times when you see black people, right? They, they, they're the criminals, the gangbangers, you know, they always shooting up the block. Then you've got the Spanish people, yeah. drug cartel members, you know, rapists. And then it's it's always been some one thing. I, I don't think I've ever experienced that mostly because, you know, I think my hair kind of sticks out, which is why I, I'm not going to cut it. But, you know, especially for me being a black and Cuban guy, it's it's tough because like I'll read I'll do things for like Hispanics or I should say Spanish people, but because I'm not let's say your complexion, I probably won't mm-hmm. get it because I'm dark skinned. But you know, sometimes when it comes to you know a black role, 
my head kind of takes away from certain elements. So it, it it's tough, but like you said, don't make those excuses. And it's and it's easy to make those excuses, but like, you know, it is what it is, man. Like, you got to work with Ben Affleck, right? Nobody could take that away from you. You did that just because the casting director and yourself had that belief that all right, he has what it takes. Let's put him and get him this this job. And that's all it takes. It only takes that one person to see you for something, and that could change your life. Um, do you think the entertainment industry is moving at a good pace with diversity, or do you think we have a long way to go until that happens? Um, I mean, we have we have a way to go, uh, but that's where everything. I mean, just with you know, that's kind of going and full circle with America right now and, you know, black people in general, we have a long way to go. Uh, but I mean, the, the only way we're going to get it is day by day at this point. Like, right. you know, it's never going to come where it's just going to be like tomorrow we're going to wake up and it's going to be exactly how we need it to be. I wish it was, uh, but you know, it just doesn't work like that. So day by day, we just need to continue to get better. Um, you know, I think Hollywood is one of those places that, you know, is leading the front line. There's places that, you know, they'll, you know, barely started celebrating Juneteenth. Like they don't care for that diversity, but so, you know, we're going in the right direction, but we're still not where we need to be. It's, it's, you know, we got a long way to go, but it's, it's definitely moving in the right direction and hopefully it can continue to move there. And, you know, hopefully we can speed up the process. Like, you know, we, we want to not just go on a steady, but, you know, get like, you know, a good incline there. So. Right, right, right. I'm I'm actually another hard hitting question. I'm I'm not gonna get too deep, but I'm actually a hard one. Um, you know, especially on the hills of cancer culture, especially the ones that are targeting the entertainment industry. You're seeing people like Harley Sawyer from The Flash, um, you know, and a couple other people. Noah Cyrus, uh, uh, even though she's not actress, but she's in part of the business, in a sense, um, are being persecuted by people because of racial statements and making jokes on social media about LGBT black people. Do you think that people who make these jokes should be canceled and their career should be done? Or do you think they should be given a second chance? And me personally, I'm all for second chances. Um, you know, when, when people say stuff like that, but it, it's tough, man. Like, when, when you speak out like that, like, you're like, you know, what were they feeling? Was it a joke? Like, you don't really know people's true intentions. And then they apologize. And you don't know if they're really apologizing because they mean it and they've learned. Or, you know, they're just apologizing to save their ass. Like, you don't really know. But me, I always try to give people the benefit of the doubt. Like, you know, even if they wrong me, we've disagreed. That's just who I am as a person. I would never want to, you know, stop someone from being able to feed their family or doing something right. they love. Like, I'm not going to completely cancel them. Like I might not view them the same way. And it's like, I, I'm not a fan anymore. Like, you know, me and you not going to be buddy, buddy, but like, who am I to be like, nah, like you need to be fired. You know, you need to never be nowhere, do anything. Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not that type of person. So I'll forgive you and let bygones be bygones. I'm still, I might look at you like, you know, I might not look at you the same, but I'm not going to have no like ill will, no hate. And like, you know, give them a the second chance and, you know, that that's the one. And it's like, you know, fool me once, shame on me, fool me once. Oh no, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice. 
Shame on me. If they do it again, then it's like, all right, now you gotta, you know, if if it's repetitive, (laughs) yeah, you gotta get up out of there. But if it's one time, man, like people make mistakes. We've all done it. Like, but there's some mistakes that you can't come back from. So it just, you know, everything's a spectrum. Like if you just go off the the wall and do something crazy, like, you know, there's levels to everything. Right. Yeah. And I, I, the cancel culture thing, it's a, it's a hard one to talk about because it's it's one of those things where some people like uh what's his name i just said harley sawyer i believe he should be given a second chances because the things he's getting dragged for was from like seven eight years ago but i also think that sometimes you do have to hold people accountable because you know one of the things i was looking at is there's been a, a history of people from paris hilton to people from the real housewives to hollywood and a bunch of other productions Famous people who say derogatory things, especially about black people. You know, you, you have people saying the N-word or I don't want to shake my hand with black people. I will never cast black people in the movie. And it's 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 one of those things where like you want people to be like, see, you should be held accountable for that. But if you said this eight, ten years ago, like this dude was in his early 20s when he said this. Is he wrong for saying that? Absolutely. But as someone in their 30s now, I'm pretty sure he may not feel the same way. So I don't know if I want him to be like, all right, no more acting gigs, you're done. Go work at McDonald's because it's not fair. But it's a tough call, man. It's a tough call. Um, But it's something we do have to address, especially on the heels of George Floyd and, um, you know, the the racial um, climate we're in. Speaking of which, how do you feel? How? How do you feel about what's going on? Has the has that affected the way how you kind of move throughout your career or just as a person? Yeah, I mean, it definitely affects how I move as a person, like just every day. I mean, you see those things and I mean, at one point you think like, oh man, I'm just living life like this is cool. I'm chilling. But the next day you don't know, like it could be you and you know, it, it's a little different for me because, yes, I am, you know, lighter skinned, like, you know, the way they look at people, you know, I'm not that dark. So, you know, they might not look at it, but you don't know because it just depends who you run into. It's that one cop who he don't care. You know, you're not white. So he's going to give you a hard time. It's going to be an issue. Like, you don't know when you're going to run into that person. Every time I get pulled over, like, you're nervous. I didn't even do nothing wrong. Like, yeah, I was just feeding, but I feel like I feel like I got drugs in the car, like just because I'm like, <laughs> yeah, where, yeah. where, where is this gonna go? Like to, to every time you get pulled over, not even pulled over, just a, a cop pull up beside you, and you, you just gotta hold your breath. Like, you know, you just gotta be aware. You gotta keep your head on the swivel with everything that's going on. And uh, like I said, hopefully, I, I want to see things improve, and and I I have the belief that they are. You know, it's it's not as fast as we want, like I said, uh, but. You know, I just, I really have that in my mindset. Like, you know, I'm trying to manifest that, that things are getting better. So that's, you know, what I'm going to continue to speak. So they're getting better, but it's it's definitely not where we need to be. We've seen that this whole 2020 with everything that's gone on. And it just, it, it makes you aware. And like I said, you just got to keep your eyes open. Right, on right. Your, your P's and Q's. Right. Uh, let me, have you ever felt, <laughs> I feel like a douchebag by asking this. Um, have you have you ever felt like you had light skin privilege? Because I know some people, especially in the black community, kind of feel like that, where the lighter you are, the more 
people treat you better, you know? Uh, have you ever felt like that? Or is that just something that on the heels of what's going on right now, that is something that people are just talking about just because of you have to start questioning a lot of things? Definitely, bro. I, I really feel like, you know, that is a thing. Like there's people who look at me and and they see me and they're like, oh, well, he's not dark skinned, so he's cool. Like, you know, we'll let him slide. Like, but I've also been on the other side too, where, you know, I'm light skinned dude and I see a lady clutch her purse and I'm like, like, what are you doing? Like, I'm, I don't want your purse. I probably got more money in my wallet than you. No, <laughs> right. But, uh, come on, but you really weren't going like, to so, Affleck. You ain't playing. <laughs> but, uh, but it goes both ways. Like, I do feel like there is light skin privilege out there. And that kind of goes back to like the diversity thing. Like, you know, there, there's people who are darker who, you know, want these roles. And sometimes it's like, you know, no, he's, he's too black or, you know, he's not, you know, they always want to associate like the light skinned dude with being like the good looking guy, or, you know, the dark skinned guy is the, the buff macho man. And he's the soft, you know, pretty boy. Like, uh, so, you know, there, there is that stigma and, and it affects, you and you know your every well me at least it affects me in my real life and it affects me you know when it comes to acting and you know the roles that they want you to portray right yeah man it's 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 definitely one of those things we just have to talk about it you know for me i don't know if opportunity has been you know held me back uh because i'm dark-skinned but i know like i remember when the protest was happening in may i would jog because i live in downtown so i would jog Mm -hmm. and i see you know the cops and everybody around but i never really thought about all right are they gonna shoot me but then i realized like all right if i'm jogging and i pass a lot of them i'm a big dude i'm 6'3 260 pounds yeah a lot of them gonna be like oh uh why, why is he creeping up on us like that and i'm just trying to get a workout and so yeah it's it's definitely tough um especially right now just with the the police brutality it's not it's one of those things where i've never been put in that position where I always felt like my life was in danger. Have I been stopped by the cops? Yeah. But we've, every time that happened, we talk about acting. I don't know how it gets there, but we do. But I also know in this time, everybody has to start speaking out because if we don't, I could be walking down the street tomorrow and I get capped in the back just because, you know, I'm perceived as a threat. Um, but it's one of those hard conversations to have. And one of the hardest conversations I, I talk about on this. You don't have to answer it, but if you feel free, um, <clears throat> you can chime in. Is I feel like as, you know, you're, you have, but as a black community, I feel like we have to have these conversations with ourselves because one of the things I'm noticing is, you know, Pop Smoke, King Von, uh, a bunch of other rappers that are getting killed and a lot of, you know, black kids getting shot up but other black people one of the things maybe i'm wrong for this but i say if we're gonna fight for black lives matter we have to do it for everybody because i feel like we can't only speak about black lives when police shoot us right when people in, in the in the projects in the hood are getting shot way more by their fellow community than cops are if you feel like it if you feel like answering that Am I being hard, but or do you think that it is something we have to talk about, you know, especially coming from the black community? Definitely. And uh, so I, I don't think personally that the two items coexist. Like people always say, like, 
oh, well, if we want white people to stop shooting us, we got to stop shooting ourselves. Like, damn that. I think we need to stop shooting ourselves because everything does start with within. So we need to do that. But I don't think we need to do that for white people to stop shooting us. I feel like it's just two separate issues. Black people need to treat black people better. Like that needs to cease to exist. Like, you know, we all from the same people. Like, you know, that's not right. And white people need to stop shooting us too. Like it, that's just the right. end of the day. It's not like, oh, well, if you guys stop killing yourselves, we'll stop too. Like, no, just <laughs> right. stop. Right. We should stop too. It's not like, oh, well, I don't think it's like, well, we need to stop doing this so white people don't do it, think it's okay. Like, no, we just need to stop doing it because we need to better ourselves. Right, right. Like, that's how I feel about it. And there was a point where, you know, I, I didn't necessarily think that, like, I thought that it was like, well, no, like, black people, that it's two separate issues and white people just need to stop killing us. Like, black people are going to kill black people because, you know, people just do that. Like, that's what I thought. Like, it's just, like, I didn't think black on black crime existed. I really thought like, you know, that's just a part of, if you put a bunch of people in the same area, crime is going to happen. Like that's why there's black on black crime, but right. you know, there is, and, and we as a people need to figure out a way to better ourselves. Like I said, you know, we also need to get fair treatment from white people, but people like my dad, for instance, he does say like, you know, if we start to do it within our community, then it'll go to show the other people like, hey, you know, if, if they could treat themselves well, then yeah. And, you know, some people have that opinion. But like I said, I think it's just two different items. And I think there are two things that we, you know, need to work on. Right, right. I'm not going to talk, talk too much about, you know, that issue. But one of the things I kind of agree with you, what you said, your dad said, is if we work on ourselves, the things can get better. The only reason why I say I agree with that is, Especially with the Ice Cube situation that happened when he was coming out and, you know, trying to create a plan for Black America. He got slandered by Black people. Crucified. And my thing is, how can we move forward if we don't help each other get forward? You know what I'm saying? I feel like we as a people, I'm not talking about police brutality, but I feel like as people, we have to help each other first. You know, I, I get tired of going to an audition and getting side-eyed by another black man because, you know, we're, we're in a competition. I don't feel like that at all. Like, I never felt like, oh, well, you know, Roman's Mathis, so he's going to get this role better, uh, before me because he's light-skinned. Like, no, I just think that, you know, the better man gets the thing, and, yo, you, you got some money in your pocket. Let, let, we're moving forward. And I think that's the issue I have is we can't only band together when something like George Floyd happened. We got to help each other when these situations are happening. You know what I'm saying? I I don't want to only have conversations when the cameras are rolling. I want to have them when they aren't rolling. And especially in the, inter in the entertainment industry, we can't have diversity if everybody is just out there for themselves. I understand people got money to, to make and they got families all for it. But I think if we're going to talk about diversity and how as minorities, because we're both black and Hispanic, we have to help each other kind of move the needle a bit. Um, do you agree with that? Maybe, maybe again, I'm, I'm just being a little too, too hard. No, definitely. I, I definitely agree. I think, you know, it, it does 
you know, start with us. And, and that's how we can move the needle, uh, you know, by helping each other. You don't want to. And I mean, I feel like that's why we're cool and we click. So us having this conversation is great. Uh, but it's like, you know, we want to try and reach the people who may not have that, you know, same mindset of us where it's like, you know, they're a little bit more selfish or I got to get it for me. Uh, and it's just me like, cause really at the end of the day, it shouldn't be like that where you walk in and, you know, somebody looking at you crazy or something like, just like I said earlier, like it's enough room for all of us. Everybody eats beef, like people like to say. So it's like, man, we could do this. We could band together and we can make things happen. So it's just a matter of, you know, spreading that and getting as many people on board and, you know, doing it with the people who are on board and, you know, getting the ball rolling. Right. Right. Yeah. Now th this is a hard one. This is going to be another hard one. And then after I ask you this, we, we're going to get to the, that acting stuff again, but because of your unique position and being of a multiracial descent for you personally, professionally, do you feel you have to claim one side more than the other, or do you have to identify one one side more than the other? Um, professionally, yes. Like a lot of the roles, I mean, I'm going to go out for are going to be black um, or multiracial. Like it's it's very few roles where it's like, oh, you know, he's playing like a Latin dude. Because you know, when when you think about it in Hollywood, when you think of like the Latino roles like oh cholo or something like that you know like it's not really like just a regular you know there's mexicans who aren't cholos or you know gang members or cartel members like you know it's just a mexican kid that went to school he liked anime and all the other things that you know kids like um so professionally like i i do feel like it's more you know african-american roles or I, I have had some roles where like i speak spanish so it you know but it's still like you know, he's an Afro-Latino, like he's Puerto Rican. He, yeah. he, he Dominican, like it's never like, you know, he's just a Mexican dude. Like I don't really get any roles like that. Um, in my real life, personally, like I relate more to being black. Like I, I was just raised around my black family. I ate soul food, like, and, and I was still around my, my Mexican family. I would speak Spanish, like semi-fluently. So, but when I think about my childhood, it was like 60, 40. So because of that 60, like, I think uh, just with black culture, like, you know, everyone knows black culture is just so strong. Like everything is pretty much black culture is influenced right. by black culture, comes from black culture. So I think because it was so strong, that's just something where pretty much my whole life, I was like, I'm black. Like if somebody asked me, like I say I'm black and Mexican, but you know, when you have the test in high school and you can only check one, I was checking black. I'm, I'm still going to check black. But as I've gotten older, like I've learned to appreciate, you know, my Mexican side, my Latino side, Hispanic side, whatever you want to call it. So like I am both and I love being both. And so, you know, in my, in my daily life, I'm both. Like if someone asks me, like I'm going to look them in their eyes. I'm going to say I'm black and Mexican. I speak Spanish. My family's from Mexico. Like, whereas, you know, when I was a little bit younger, I might just be like, yeah, I'm black. Like just to kind of keep the situation going. Right. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Um, Cause I, I didn't, I didn't like, I asked you because I automatically just thought you was black and white. And then when you told me, I'm like, okay, I can see it. But, you know, just perception from, I'm, I'm especially from other people, I'm sure it's like, you don't look Spanish at all. And it, and, it's, and it's funny because like the, when I, when I get auditions, a lot of times it's uh, Afro, Latino and black. Right. Which is fine. Like, I don't think I can 
I'm not suitable for a true Hispanic because I'm dark skinned. So I'm probably never going to get those kind of roles. But I think it, it it's, it's one of those things where it, I'm pretty sure for you, it sucks that you have to identify, you know, personal life aside. But, you know, professionally, you have to lean to one side more than the other. But it's also just like the nature of the business where, okay, if they see you as, you know, a guy they could put in a multiracial family, you know, black husband, white mother, vice versa, then you're probably, because I'm I'm pretty sure, you know, sitting right here looking through like a cast and director's eye, I can say, oh, he'll probably, you know, be in a family with, you know, Scarlett Johansson and Anthony McKee, right? You know, just throwing mm-hmm. out a um thing but nonetheless let, let's move on from all of that stuff i i want to get pick your brain a little bit more let me ask you uh just you know a little side note when i meet when i was doing background and then i would meet celebrities one of the things that kind of sh- strike me was how short they were like i felt like <laughs> i always throw it back to big show versus floyd mayweather at wrestlemania but I always feel like that, like when I when I meet celebrities, John Voight was probably the tallest I've met so far, and I was still taller than him. Was Ben Affleck short, or was he was he tall? I'm just curious. Yeah, no, nah, Ben Affleck is he's a tank. Like I mean, he played Batman, so uh, you know he he's like six two, a solid, you know, probably two ten or something. He like I mean, I'm I'm only five ten, so yeah, he's actually one of the ones that where it's like okay, like it's a big guy, like. But for the most part, I see what you're saying. Like, you know, you see people, me, I, I've heard it. Like people see me on TV or, or on social media or anything. And they're like, oh, bro, I thought you were taller. And it's like, oh, man, you know, 5'10", 5'11", on a good day, six foot on paper. Uh, but, <laughs> so, right. yeah, I think uh, that just happens. It's like TV size or camera size. I don't know what it is. But, um, yeah, most people end up being shorter. But not Ben. He was, he was yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's it's funny because uh I'd be reading like I was reading about uh Robert Downey Jr. and he's only five eight, I think, five eight, like a buck ninety, maybe. I'm like, that's a small dude playing Iron Man, but yeah. on TV he looks like he can hang with Thor. Like it's it's pretty it's pretty hilarious. Or I should say Chris Hemsworth. Was there anything, you know, working alongside with someone with so much experience and a veteran status in the business? Was there anything uh, that you learned from him that, that kind of helped you develop as a person? And I only ask you about him because this is difference, you know, working with a fellow up-and-coming actor than with a veteran, you know? So was there something that you learned from him on set or maybe just off camera, if you want to talk about it, um, that you learned that kind of helped you grow as a person? Definitely. Um, it, this just helped me grow as a person and, like, in my career – it just goes to show you like this is this was you know my first major motion picture and seeing how he worked like you think like oh it's a celebrity like he gonna come in late and you know be a diva and all of these things and it, it wasn't like that at all like he carried himself with class every day you know he was nice to everybody um so you know it's, it goes you know treat people the way you want to be treated like and these are all things that I've already known but it's just like seeing it from someone who like you know, this is the first time I've been around an A-list actor who is, you know, has a eight-figure net worth, and he's still just like, you know, he's going to treat everyone nicely. He come to work. He show up on time. He come prepared. Uh, and that's the thing, like like you said, people come to these student films, 
and they think like, oh, I don't know my lines or, you know, I could learn them on the fly. Like, I'm not prepared. I haven't done this. Like, they think that's going to pass. Like, the people that are shooting Marvel movies and DC movies and all these, like, they play. the reason they're shooting them is because they are prepared. They're doing what they need to do. Like, you can't do that on those little sets and think, you know, oh, well, I'll I'll do it right when I get to the big sets. Like, that's not how it works. If you were in practice and, you know, you're not working hard, by the time you get to the game, you're going to do what you did in practice. So you really got to, you know, even on those bottom steps when you're not really getting paid as much as you want to or, you know, the condition, you're not getting treated how you want to. You don't have a trailer. Like, you still got to work just as hard. And that's really what I learned. So, and that's something that I could take outside of acting because, you know, you could apply that to anything in life. Um, you just want to, you know, treat people well, be on time, work hard, you know, just show up, do your job. Right, right. Yo, very, very important stuff right there. And it, it it's one of those things, like, I was watching the bloopers from, uh, you know, but all the, the Marvel films and even other films, because Disney does a good job of showing, like, the bloopers. And even though, yeah, people mess up. You think people like Ben don't mess up? Absolutely not. Everybody messes up. But the thing that separates them is the fact that they know how to mess up, learn from it, and get right back on track. You know, it's not just fun and games, lollygagging. It's a business. And I think that is the, the true important part of this journey is to treat it as a business. Because it's fun. Don't get me wrong. When you get those jobs, yeah, you want to have fun. But also think about if you're working with Marvel, they got a $200 million budget. They ain't playing games. They got a deadline. So you can't just be walking up in there like it's your acting class and have fun. No, you got to go in there as a professional. You're no longer amateur at that level anymore. You're there. You're paid. Get the work done and treat it as a business. Um, is that something that you feel like is more important is to treat it more as a business than an artistic uh, career? Definitely. Um I mean, you got to understand that it is a business. Um, so I, I think everything beforehand, you need to realize it's a business. As far as being on time, all of that, like the the minute you want to think about it as art is, you know, when you're setting up the shot and they're about to call action, that's when it's art. You know, that's when you want to get your art in. That's when you're expressing yourself. And when they yell cut again, you know, or that's a wrap, like it's a business. You got to prepare, you got to be a pro. And and that's, the, you know, the biggest thing I, lo- I learned from Ben is you know, how to be pro, how to be a pro every day. Like that's a movie we shot for four months. And it's like, there was day, he had a scene or two scenes, three scenes, four scenes every day. We I might have one line, two lines, the whole four months that we shoot. Like, you know, he come in every day with monologue after monologue after monologue about basketball he doesn't even he's not like a basketball guy but he just he came in he prepared he was a pro uh so you do have to treat it like a business pretty much every day until you actually you know the acting and the art is like a small percentage of it uh but you know it's the fun part that's when you get to it and you get to do what you love but you definitely got to understand it as a business and be a pro right right yeah um you saw my education before um one of the things I always ask, and the reason why I always mention, you know, this is, is because y'all have experience with on being on bigger sets and working with, uh, you know, established people, I should say. 
you was talking about how you have a, a group of people that you know you can always rely on, right? And I met your girlfriend, amazing girl, uh, woman, I should say. Um, do you feel that classes are, I mean, aside from when you're starting out, do you feel like classes, you have to be in classes every year, all day, every day? Or do you feel like you learn more when you're on set, uh, when you're preparing and you're learning from your fellow actors while you're, you know, on set doing a, a project? Yeah, I think it's different for everybody. Uh, for me personally, I feel like I learn more just experience. So if, I, if I'm not on a big set, like, yeah, put me in a student film, put me, you know, in a short film, give me, you know, my auditions. As long as, uh, again, for me, like, and, and I like to repeat a lot of things, uh, for me, it's just reps. As long as you're getting the reps. Um, if, if you're getting that repetition, you're fine for me, uh, as long as I'm getting it, whether that's with my group of people, like, Hey, we just doing scene study. Like he's helping me go over an audition. I'm helping him go over an audition, you know, or we're shooting our own content. We're trying to, you know, develop our own short film, or I got booked for, uh, you know, a student film, an indie film, whatever the case may be. Like if you're getting those reps, you're fine. But if you're not getting those reps, and yeah, you need to be in class because that's going to be, you know, the only place you can get those reps. Wherever you get those reps is fine. You just got to get them. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, you know, we we both in L.A. now. How do, how do you like L.A.? Do you, are you having a good time being here? Yeah. First off, I, I want to I know you interview with me. I want to ask you the same question because, you know, you've been out here a little bit fresh, but I'll start. Definitely. Um, I'm, I'm a West Coast boy. So like everybody probably knows, I'm from Arizona. Um, so it's not too far from my hometown. It's, you know, between six and eight hours, depending on where exactly, but I've been to LA many times, like throughout my childhood. I love LA. Like, um, you know, it's a big city, but it's not too far from home. It's the weather's amazing. Um, I love it. The traffic is really like the only thing which in the pandemic or the panoramic, the panty, whatever people call it, <laughs> it hasn't been that bad. Uh, but like the traffic is really the only thing that some days like, it's like, like if, if you've ever had a day where you got to drive to like two different auditions on the other side of town, like, and then you get home, you just be drained from being in traffic yeah. all day. Like it, it could mentally and physically like exhaust you just sitting in traffic. So that's really like the only thing. Um, but, and you just got to be on your P's and Q's because it's like a bigger city than where I'm from. But uh, yeah, I love it out here, man. You know, people always say like, oh, it's a sketchy place or whatever, but I think it's, it's what you make it. And, and my time out here has been solid so far. I've been out here, I think, uh, like two months. It'll be three years. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm hitting my three-year anniversary, L.A. anniversary, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> what about you, man? How how long you been out here? Uh, going on a year and a half now. And, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I like the weather out here, but I'm only I'm, – I'm more of a West Coast guy. New York City is, is, is still my home, like – it's not so much that I don't like LA. It's just a lot of things. I, even though I'm a young, we, we both young dudes. It's just, it's not the same atmosphere. It's not the same grind that I feel like I'm used to, you know, and I'm sure you probably notice in New York city, everybody's moving, you know, nobody's mm -hmm. just standing around lounging around, you know, everybody's on the train, getting to work, doing auditions, you know, just constantly moving. And then, not not so much that I lost that here because I, I still have the same work ethic. I knew when I came here, okay, I have a plan. I'm going to achieve that plan. 
And, you know, I'm going to keep doing that. And I'm dedicated to the business. But there's just certain things about it that just like, like the people for me is just like, oh, like, can I just meet somebody? Like, aside from you, um, I haven't really met people in the business that are really about the business. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of, like I was saying before, a lot of people say they're actors, but every time you try to work with them or see what they got going on, no real, no resume, like, what are we doing out here? Like, nothing against them, but it'd be nice to meet more like-minded people. Maybe it's just me in that aspect. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely more of a West Coast guy. I like the New York City hustle where everybody's kind of more closed in yeah. together. It's easy to get around. Uh, you know, I remember when I first moved here, I had uh, two auditions, one and I think La Brea and then another one in Glendale. And I was taking Ubers that, that time. And mm-hmm. holy crap, I was like, I have to leave two hours in advance to, to get there. I'm used to it, but it was just like, I was tired. I was like, do I really need to go to work? Probably not, but I'm going to just go anyway. So it's de- it's definitely a lot harder um, out here in terms of travel. Talking about the pandemic, right? It, it's It's been hitting the entertainment business pretty, pretty hard. Uh, a lot of productions are shut down. I know uh, one of bros and a couple other studios recently shut down their uh, not sh- shut down production for the foreseeable future. So there's no um, pilot season this year. I don't even think there's probably even going to be a, a you know the the traditional seasons this year because of the pandemic. Um, how has the pandemic affected you? Uh, affected your career because you know everything is still closed and there's some self tape things going on, but it's not nearly as many productions as there was before. Uh, so how has it impacted your career and has it changed anything for you? Definitely. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I, I can't predict the future. So I, I don't know what it would have been like if the pandemic didn't happen. But I feel like it just, you know, it slowed everything down. It, it kind of brought everything to a halt. Like, uh, you know, our the, the Ben Affleck movie literally dropped in theaters on March 6th. We went to the pandemic the next week. So like we, our movie was in theaters for one week or like a week and a half. Like it didn't even get its full scale in the theaters. Um, it just, so it changed things. After that, things were shut down. Like nobody was filming people and we've started filming again and they've stopped it again. So I just feel like if, if the pandemic didn't happen, like I would have had so many oppor- more opportunities. Uh, but, you know, I'm still grateful for what, I, what I've had. And, you know, I, all I can do is take what I'm, you know, given or what I'm creating for myself. I can't make any excuse and be like, oh, this pandemic, it's it's fault that I haven't more roles or anything. Man, I've I still had a good amount of auditions. I continue to get auditions. Uh so it's just continuing to work and, and do what I am given. Uh but I definitely feel like if it didn't happen, you know, pilot season last year would have, you know, had more for me. Uh episodic season, I would have gone out way more than I did. And, you know, coming into this year, I would have already had more auditions than I did. But who's to really say, you know, I I don't know and I won't ever know because the pandemic did happen and that's what I was given. So now it's just moving forward, working with what I got and creating what I can. Do you find it hard to stay motivated during this time? Because I'm I'm pretty sure, you know, to, to go from experience like that to now, you know, 
not being able to get those same opportunities, whether you book them or not, but just get those same opportunities. Do you find it hard to stay motivated during this time? I don't, man. Like, this is what I love. This is what I know in my heart that I want to do. Like, I wake up and it's one of the first things, if not the first thing on my mind, like, you know, and it's one of the last things that I think about before I go to bed. So I feel like I come into every day motivated to do this and uh, that's not going to change. Nothing is going to change it. I'm, I'm not like, oh, well, because of this pandemic, maybe I don't want to do this or maybe it's going to be harder than I thought. Like, no, it's just another obstacle in the road that's going to happen. It's going to keep moving forward. We're going to figure it out. Oh, yeah, man. It's um, every person that, that's been involved in the business at end, if you always ask them that question, because I know it can be brutal. And, you know, fortunately, you know, especially for us, we still get auditions. Like now for me, it's more voiceover stuff. But I mean, still, I mean, to 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 still be able to get auditions and do self-tapes from home, I personally like it. I, I don't know if you like it. If you want to chime in, you can. But I kind of like the self-tape uh, audition thing going on because now you get to really start preparing more. You have a better sense of how long it takes you to get prepared because sometimes you get so used to having to get it right at once, you kind of forget how to take a step back all right, maybe this this direction isn't working. All right, how can I make this character work better? Because once you get to the audition, you only got one take. You, you can't do no redos or nothing, you know. Um, do you like the self-tape um, thing right now? Do you wish that you can get back into the... So I, I wish I could get back into the room personally. So right as, you know, everything started shutting down, I was, I feel I was really, you know getting comfortable with myself as an actor I was getting my most confident I was really figuring out how I need to prepare so I was just going into those rooms like like I know I'm gonna kill this if I don't book this role it's it's just you know it's not because of anything I did I bodied it regard I was leaving auditions like I've destroyed that if I don't get it either someone was just better or it's just I'm not the right fit because I know I was prepared I did everything so I liked having that where I could, you know, go in there because they see that confidence before you start filming or even before, you know, you read just by how you walk in, you know, the the small conversation you might have before that. So I do like the convenience of it. Like I don't got to be in traffic. I don't got to drive 30 minutes, waste gas. So, you know, there's pros and cons, but uh, I, I do miss that human interaction so they can really get to know me. Because that personality sometimes is, you know, what sets you over the edge. If they see two people and they both killed it, but it's like the one dude came in and he was a jerk. The one dude, he was nice. He made him laugh. You know, he came in confident. Like, it's like, I'm going to go with that where, you know, they just see the self-tapes. All they're going to see is between, you know, start recording and stop recording. And it's, but, you know, I mean, that works too. Because if you really have the best performance, then it goes both ways, man. I'm so like, just always on you know, on the thin line, it's like, do you go this way? Do you go this way? And I'm always like, you know, playing devil's advocate kind of you know, like, well, you know, both sides work and that's how I feel. No, nah, I'm the same way, man. I'm, I, th- I mean, there's certain things I'm, I kind of lean more towards, but yeah, I'm, I'm on the fence. I, I like the self tape in the sense that you get more than one chance to kind of get your Definitely. best work out there. But I agree. Like people will never know your full personality or just get to see, feel your energy unless they see you in person, like doing a self tapes can be fine. You know, they can see your performance. They don't, but they don't get to read your energy. 
Because like you said, it can make a break your whether you get the gig or not, depending on how they love how you interacted with them in person. So I, I definitely agree with you on that human interaction thing, because that is important. People are more prone to work with people they can connect with on an emotional level as well. Um, but aside from that, man, let, let's let, let's wrap this up because we don't want to put people to sleep. Um, Rome wasn't built in a day. It's a production uh, company that you you know you're working on. Um, what is that about? And you know, what do you see in your future? You know, it's kind of hard to you know see your future right now. But what do you see yourself in you know two years or, or something? And you know, what's your production company about? Definitely. Um, so really, is you know me just wanting to create my own content with you know people that I want to work with and other actors or producers, whoever, you know, whatever, wherever you fit in this entertainment right now that, you know, if you want to work, we want to work with you. And it, it just comes down to that. And I just want to share stories, tell stories and, and create with other like-minded people. So, I mean, right now I'm in the beginning stages, uh, you know, I'm writing scripts, um, you know, I'm, trying to, you know, get some short films off the ground. So right now I'm working on one short film and, and like, and I don't know what the word I'm looking for. So right now I'm focusing on one short film that I'm really trying to get off the ground and, and get shot and, you know, cast everything. I mean, we're going through the whole nine, but it's really just about creating and then building from there. Like I just try to take it day by day. I'm not trying to, you know, be Marvel or, or Disney by tomorrow. Like, you know, if, is that the end goal? Maybe like, I want to, you know, be successful and, you know, take it as far as I can, but uh, just taking it day by day and just, you know, creating and doing something that I love. So uh, with my production company, I just want to do that. So we're just, you know, working. Where's my, I didn't get no audition. I, I'm still waiting, man. What's going on with the short film, man? I'm, I'm joking. Uh, nah, man, I got you. I got you. We definitely, you know, uh, I mean, just, we we have to work together, man. So it, it just it does come down to that. So we'll definitely be in touch, and you know, let's let's create, man. Let's do something. Yeah, man. I it was good to have you on the, in the show on the show. And the reason why I wanted to have you on here was, you know, because we we we've done it all. You know, we we went to school for this. We did background together, and you know, we're, we're slumming it out in in L.A. You know, pursuing a career. And you've seen success. I've seen success. And I think uh, as two people with different backgrounds who can come together and have a conversation um, and talk about our journeys and hopefully inspire people, I think that's what was important. And, you know, I always I always enjoy talking to you because, like you said, we, we, we both understand this business. We both understand how much dedication and hard work goes into the business. Um, so, you know, to wrap it up, you know, where can people watch, uh, you know, the movie that you did or any other movies that you've done and where people can find you? For sure. Uh, so first things first, I mean, if you're just looking for me specifically, you can find me on Instagram. I, uh, it's at Rome Mathis. Uh, Twitter is at Roman Mathis. Uh, so you could, you know, hit me on. I'm pretty much on all social media platforms. You can hit me up on LinkedIn, Facebook, if you have, you know, whatever, TikTok, I'll be on there sometimes. So, Look up Roman Mathis on any social media platform. You'll be able to find me. Uh, you can watch The Way Back. I think that's uh, streaming on HBO. Uh, to Tell the Truth is a, a show I did, I think, last year. That's If you have, like, the ABC streaming, you might be able to catch that episode. Um, I think Random Acts of Flyness is on HBO. If you want to catch that, I have a quick cameo. 
um yeah man just look out for more projects soon um you know there's gonna be some more stuff coming out uh, on netflix and all these other you know uh, streaming platforms and cable you'll see me there and then uh, definitely get ready to start seeing me create my own content and you know putting that out whether that be youtube or film festivals whatever it is uh we're gonna start working and, and creating our own content i'm not gonna wait for no netflix or whoever it is to put me on they're gonna put me on too but we're gonna get busy you gotta build your own opportunities yeah definitely uh yo come on man we we're we on the same wavelength right here man like that's why i started this podcast because i was like yeah man you know sitting around waiting for your agents as much as i love them but just sitting around waiting for the next opportunity like netflix ain't gonna knock on your door you have to go knock on their door so you have to do that any way you can uh before you go i gotta ask you, i want to start a part <laughs> You don't have to answer it. Mom put you in the hot seat. Who do you enjoy working with more? Ben Affleck or Anthony Anderson? Man, I just had so much. Man, listen, Anthony was super cool. I love Anthony. He was he was really cool to work with. But I just, man, I was I worked with Ben for four months. Like that's like uh like I don't wanna say my dad, but he like my dad of acting. Like he was literally just there every day to, you know school us and give us knowledge and like just took us under our wing like I didn't get that like me and Anthony we just you know we worked and then it was like you know we shook hands and it was like hey man it was good working with you where Ben man like we spent every day together for four months and then have spent time outside like you know we've hung out outside of we finished rapping and, and have hung out a couple times since then he's you know invited us places and we've done things so he's just he's a mentor to me he you know uh, a second or third you know uh, fourth i have a lot of people who i consider like father figures if that's what you want to call them just good people man that are you know like my dad's age that that look out for me or uncle or something like that but right. uncle ben we'll call him that <laughs> i just wanted uncle ben spider-man <laughs> like spider-man yeah <laughs> hey man i'm trying i'm trying to get cast in spider-man since we're talking about that miles morales so you know somebody hearing this Yo, bro, I I feel yo, I feel you on that. Like, I be looking in the mirror sometimes. I be seeing the hair, the tattoos I got, and I be like, yo, come on, I I gotta get a superhero gig at some point. Like, come on, like you can't waste this look on nobody. Hey, I didn't think coming, you was gonna answer. What you what you were saying? They're coming, man. And I'm telling you, some superheroes for both of us, man. Static shock, something like, come on, nah, nah yeah. Nah. I didn't think he was gonna answer that. I just wanted. <laughs> I thought he was gonna like no comment, but. You know, I just wanted to start. No, nah, man, I love them both, though. They both, uh, yeah, you know, maybe on the next one, I'll, I'll hit them with a no comment since I already answered you. But <laughs> I love them both, man. Shout out to both of those guys. They both uh, incredible, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't I didn't really talk to him, but um, when I first moved here, I was doing catering for the Emmys and a couple other entertainment awards. And I remember I met Anthony Anderson. Nice dude, man. Like, he lost a lot of weight too, which, uh, you know, cause I got so used to seeing him bigger when I saw him. In person, yeah. I was like, oh, wow. Anthony Anderson. He was a nice dude. I met a lot of celebrities doing that. I'm not doing that no more, but, uh, that was a good time, man. But, you know, thank you for coming on the show, man. Uh, it was good talking to you, you know, even though you've been flaking on me, you know, I'm a doctor pay. Um, hey, that's okay. I, I deserve it. Nah, you uh, gotta be professional. I'm sorry that, you know, all that happened, but I'm glad we was able to make it happen and, you know, I'll make sure my schedule is a little tighter for next time. I'm just busting your chops, man. It's all good. Nah, we yeah. good. We good. We, we yeah, busy, yeah. man. You know, you busy talking to Ben Affleck. I'm busy with Chris Hemsworth. So it's all good. It all balances out. <laughs> hey, we're going to work together soon, though, man. I'm, uh, you know, we'll be in contact. I'll let you know what's going on. If you, you know, got anything on your way, 
let me know and, you know, make some stuff happen. All right, bet. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk on camera just a little bit, you know. Um, but, yeah, man, thank you for coming on the, the most charismatic podcast of all time, man. It was a good having this conversation with you. Uh, Rome wants to build in a day. Is going to be a tremendous success and keep working at your career. You. And like I always say to end the show, a better hand is a helping hand. Thank you, Rome. Thank you.